SIGGRAPH Spotlight. In today's episode, Rebecca Coe, a founder of the Rooftop Animation Studio and member of ACM SIGGRAPH's International Resources Committee, sits down to talk with Natalia Freitas. Natalia is a 3D artist and animator who has a rich background working on some of the best animation teams, from Film Academy Baden-Württemberg, Walt Disney Animation Studios, and Sony Pictures Imageworks. Natalia shares her experience of working as an animation artist in Germany, the U.S., and in Canada. She also discusses her life and work in Vancouver, where she currently resides, and talks about how participating in SIGGRAPH has helped her career. Enjoy the show! Hi, Natalia. Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> it's nice to have you here today. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me. It's such an honor. How do you get from making art for yourself to knowing that you can do that for a career, like, especially for animation? Because most kids or most people I know, it took them a while to figure out that, oh, hey, I can actually animate or create stories for animation uh, for a living. So my first animation was, I think I saw something, some making of, and people were talking about doing animation frame by frame. And when I was 11 years old, I used to make my own uh, comics and stories. And I made, I still have some frames left. <laughs> I made a little animation of a, a little guy uh, walking. And I was always fascinated with flip books and everything. And I said, oh, that's it. That's what I want to do in life. Because I always like drawing and sculpting and music and animation. You can combine all these arts in one. And yeah, and when I was 16, 17 years old, and I was already planning what to do after high school. I already knew that I wanted to do animation. <laughs> and uh, with 19 years old, I started at a fine arts school doing classical animation. <laughs> I think that makes sense because looking at your short, um, Electrofly, it does kind of show that you are like you, you like animation in the sense that you like combining possibilities in the medium and also how it's an approach to I guess like just now when you mentioned that um, animation can be a mix of sculpture and drawing and things that you love um, you actually fly kind of shows that it's like trying to mix different elements into one thing. Exactly. There are many ways to combine many arts to do one animation. And yeah, I actually, I work right now as a 3D artist, but I always try to go back and do some traditional work, uh, 2D animation, because that's how I started. And I always want to do this from time to time. <laughs> So um, I remember that you have been uh, lived in quite a few different places. Uh, would you like to talk a little bit about uh, how your studies brought you to like from Brazil to Germany and how your work brought you to other places? Well, thanks to animation, I've been traveling around the world. <laughs> <laughs> so as I said, I started uh, very early as a 2D animator was in 2005. I mean, it's 13 years dedicating my life to animation. I really love it. I, it's really my passion. And after 13 years, I'm I'm still, uh, yeah, I'm sure that I, I don't see myself doing anything else. <laughs> but anyway, I started as a 2D animator because I was in love, passionate with Disney animation. And 2005, Disney was still doing some... Yeah, I was not only working with 
3D. For example, they made a broader bear and a mm -hmm. home on the range still in 2004. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be a 2D animator and maybe I can work on this kind of film. But then, <laughs> but then after, yeah, The Prince and the Frog was the last one that they did, yeah. unfortunately. But anyway, I graduated in 2009 as a 2D animator and I was really passionate about doing everything traditionally, frame by frame and drawing. And then I moved from, uh, from my uh, state in Brazil to another state to work on my first feature film was also as an animator, a 2D animator. And when I was there, I was also working as a freelancer, but none of the studios would give me a chance. They would hire me just for maybe two weeks or three months or just for a small project. And then they would let me go and they would keep people that could do 3D things on computer. And that was the click that I had. Okay, I, I need to learn 3D. Otherwise, I will, be, I will stay behind because if I don't learn 3D, the doors will keep closing. I mean, it, this was my perspective at the time. So then uh, by the end of 2010, I started learning, thanks to YouTube, <laughs> I started learning 3D and doing uh, tutorials. And thanks to the little exercise that I did, I got a job offer from a studio. And at this studio, I was able to grow my abilities as a 3D artist. So I became a generalist. I was doing modeling, texturing and animation and a little bit of rigging and was amazing chance. And then at the end of 2011, I applied myself for a scholarship from a, a German scholarship. And thanks to all this work that I did in Brazil, I got selected. So I went to Germany in 2012. And there I went to the Film Academy Baden-Württemberg. For me, it's still the best school. <laughs> Uh, film Academy, they called my attention, was in 2008. I was at a film festival, uh, also in Brazil, and they had a student film festival. And all the best films were from Film Academy. And I said, okay, that's where I want to go. <laughs> Because all the student projects were so amazing, so professional compared to the other student films. And that was that became my goal. And after four years, I was able to get in there. It was all four years trying to get better to get in there. And then at the Film Academy it was a dream come true. I was able to work with over 15 student projects and it was an amazing opportunity. I say that if it wasn't for this opportunity that I had in Germany, Inside Film Academy, mm -hmm. I've heard about Seagraph because before, as I said, I was more a, a traditional artist and I didn't know about Seagraph. And then when I went to the Film Academy, they were always announcing, hey, do you want to volunteer for the Seagraph? And I was like, oh my God, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> so is that how you got into Seagraph? So actually in 2012 and 2013, I couldn't volunteer myself because I, so as a Brazilian, to get in the US, you need a visa. And at that time, I didn't have the visa. So, uh, but I was always following what was going on. And also my friends that were uh, volunteering at the Seagraph, they would come back and they would tell us how it was amazing, this experience to do some networking and to connect with new people. And also there is a, at the FMX, there is a cooperation between Seagraph and FMX also. So mm -hmm. yeah, and that's how I got involved. And 
The first time that I attended SIGGRAPH was in 2016. But before that, I was at SIGGRAPH, not in person, but with these student projects. For example, the SIGGRAPH 2014 was here in Vancouver. Uh, Wrapped, they won the best student film. And the next year, Wrapped was also the trailer for the FMX. And I, I had a chance to do some texturing uh, for this short. And then 2015, I was able to be part of the SIGGRAPH Asia with my short film. Yeah. So <laughs> You see, most people I've interviewed, they get involved with SIGGRAPH. Professional, yeah. you know, like they are an attendee or it's student volunteer first, but you attend through participating in works before you actually go, and that's very interesting. Yeah, and uh, when I went there in 2016, it was so amazing. I I took two days off from uh, the studio, and I went to the. Uh, it was so cool to reconnect with some people because I saw so many people there. Uh, my friends from Germany and some people from Brazil, and also to meet my idols. Like uh, there, I had the chance to meet my second biggest. Uh, inspiration is Alvin Hunt. He's a textual artist at Weta. And wow, it was amazing to have the chance to have lunch with him and connect with him. It was really good. <laughs> and also, last year, I was going to the SIGGRAPH, but I couldn't go. The best in show winner, Song of a Toad, I yeah. also did a little, uh, was a texturing work for the Karin Zahle. He, he also went to the Film Academy and he won this prize. So somehow I was there, <laughs> not in person, but with the project. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very crazy short. <laughs> right? Yeah, I didn't expect it. <laughs> yeah, the making of is amazing also, right? <laughs> That's what I mean about like the school. Like every short I've seen from it, I don't expect the direction it goes. It's very bizarre and has like a different sense of humor that I expect from the usual <laughs> student films. <laughs> But that's amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> variety. <laughs> but yeah, but all the, the shorts, I was as a textual artist or doing modeling and only Electroflyer was doing only animation and directing. Because actually when I started at the Film Academy, I wanted to be a better 3D animator. I, I was still in love with animation. I wanted to be an animator. But then was at the FMX 2012 or 2013, I don't remember. The animation supervisor from Wreck-It Ralph was there with Disney and they were reviewing portfolios. And then I had a chance to get in the line <laughs> and talk to Renato and then he saw my demo reel my portfolio and he said hey uh, what do you want to do and I said oh I want to be an animator and maybe work at Disney or a big studio and he said hey I saw you do everything here if you want to work at the big companies you have to choose you have to specialize yourself it's not so all the studios that accept generalists and of course there are some studios that uh, need some generalist people but normally they are after people with a specific talent and then I said okay so I will concentrate myself in animation and he said hey if you want to work at, at Disney as an animator you have to show me much more than this <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I was like, oh my God. But then he said, but hey, from your portfolio here, I can see that you are a much better 3D artist than animator. I think your modeling, your texturing are much stronger and have much more personality than your animation. And if I could give you like a tip, I would suggest you go uh, do modeling or do texturing. So after this <laughs> shock of reality... <laughs> 
I started doing only modeling and texturing for all the student projects at the Film Academy. And I love doing modeling and texturing now. Yeah, I really fell in love with modeling and texturing. And I always have so much fun. And it was really a very good advice that I got because when I look back my animation, I can really see that if I was still working 100% of my time as an animator, maybe I would not be so good. <laughs> Do you miss it though? Because I miss I, it. So actually, right now I'm working on a new short with my sister. It's not oh. a frame by frame and it's not a frame by frame animation. It's more a puppet and because it's we don't have so much time. It's a very limited limited time. So now I'm making a break with 3D and I'm doing a lot of drawings again because I, I think it was a nice chance to work with my sister. It's the first time that I'm working with her. She's a singer, a lyrical uh, singer. Oh, are you making a music video for her? No, she will make a presentation uh, mm -hmm. in Hamburg, in Germany, in June, and it will be about birds. So she wrote a story, and we decided to make an animation. And so oh. there will be a projection behind her, and she will sing. So it will, yeah, it will oh, be nice. So it will be like a performance piece. <laughs> Yes, animation. Yes, and three friends from Germany, they are helping me right now. We're doing the compositing and was, whoa, the past two months, I've been drawing like three, four complete layouts every day. <laughs> it was nice to give a break from 3D, but I'm already missing 3D. Yeah, so from time to time, I go back and do some animation or traditional artwork, even though I know that maybe this will not open so many doors for me. Because unfortunately, if you see, for example, at the studios, most of the animators or modeling or 3D or textual artists, if you give them a paper, they don't even know how to draw. Because today, it's not in, they don't care if you do some traditional artwork. Because it's they always say, oh, it's the plus. But they don't want to see this in your portfolio. So I know a lot of textual artists. I know, I know a lot of people who do some amazing modeling, but they can't do any traditional art. Yeah, I think... This is really about whether you're being a specialist as in a specific sort of artist for production or whether you want to be an artist with your own brand. Yes. Some people can juggle the two, like they can work for a big studio and still do their own work. Exactly. And some people need to focus on either one. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing right now because I I mean, it's amazing to work doing feature films. It's such a, an amazing experience to go to the movie theater and see people's reacting and people talking about it. But it's also nice to do your own work, your own personal work and not be under the shadow from the studios. So I think for me as an artist, I always try to do some personal things to show, hey, that's what I did. I did it alone. Not, uh, for example, on a feature film with so many people involved and maybe what you did is on the background yeah. so personal work is a way to show what you can really do i think it makes sense especially with you too because if art is something that has been such a big part of you growing up it's something that it's very hard to just turn into something more mundane like for to become just a little cog in the wheel if that makes any sense yes totally you're based in vancouver right now right yes right now i am a little more than one year here in vancouver 
Uh, how did you find yourself uh, in Vancouver? Like, uh, how did you end up there? Actually, it was by accident because when I applied to Sony, I mm -hmm. thought that I was going to work at Sony in Coover City. And I thought, okay, I was living in Burbank. I thought, mm -hmm. okay, so Coover City is not so far. I can still keep the apartment in Burbank. <laughs> 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 but then they sent me the contract on Thursday. I spent Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday thinking if I really wanted to move again to another country, restart my life. Because it's not easy. I mean, it is nice to have this uh, different ex cultural experience and to also for my resume to have another experience in another big company. But Personally, it's not nice. I mean, I had to sell everything that I had again and buy everything and maybe next semester will not even be here. So yeah, but I, I don't, I have no regrets. I really like Vancouver. I think I made a good decision to come here. That's cool. I think Vancouver has, well, I am not very familiar with the city, but from what I've heard, it has a very um, vibrant culture. Like it, yeah. it has a lot of different cultures. Like um, Vancouver has a lot of different people from different parts of the world. Like it's multicultural. And also there are a lot of creatives living there. Yes, but I, I actually, when I was in California at mm -hmm. Disney, I think my uh, this multicultural uh, experience I had more there than ah, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's because the, the studios they are different. Because here I didn't have the chance to meet so much people, and there I was all, every day was with a lot of people around me, people from all the globe, from Italian, French, and German, <laughs> and Mexican, and yeah, people from everywhere it was amazing, amazing family. All right, of course, <laughs> California is a lot more multicultural i think with vancouver it's more like um there are hubs of like pockets of them everywhere but it's more like you need to know where to find them yes so uh there is once a month we have the vancouver animation meeting so people from many studios come and we have some pizza together and we talk about animation and it's an amazing way to have some, do some networking and meet some new people from the industry and when you go there it's not only animation but also some story artists and lighting artists and comp is amazing it's an amazing event so i always try to get involved also to do some networking and to have the chance to meet the people because really at the studio sometimes people are so concentrated on their work and they don't even talk to you yeah that's usually the case like people are there's so much work to do they don't really yeah. have that energy or time to socialize anymore yeah <laughs> And I, like to, yeah, I, I love talking and yeah, sometimes I would talk with people from the front desk because yeah, yeah, they were always there and I would always show around. That's cool though. They probably enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, but Vancouver is nice because here you, I think if you go, for example, to a restaurant, probably 20, 30% from everybody inside the restaurant are working on this industry because there are so many 2D and 3D studios here. And yeah, I feel that here is like a little Hollywood now. <laughs> so many production. Yeah, I think 
Netflix does most of its animation content in Vancouver. Yes, at Icon Bordel. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot going on in there. Yes. How would you say the animation industry is like in Vancouver compared to California? I have to say that California was magical for me because mm -hmm. so I grew up watching all the Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, Disney, Warner cartoons. And I used to live exactly at the same street from Nickelodeon. And it was so oh. nice. It was amazing for me to open the door from my apartment and see Nickelodeon. And crossing the street, I could see the CN from Cartoon Network at the downtown Burbank. What? <laughs> Yeah, and then walk. That's crazy. And walk to Disney, and it was really a magical experience. Like from time to time, I get myself thinking about the time that I lived there, and I think, oh, was it real? It was. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or when I see some picture of me there at the studio or, yeah, I had a chance to visit Nickelodeon. I was like, okay, it was, I think it was just a, a dream. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something about a lot of times when you're there, things doesn't really seem real. Yes, California dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also here is more VFX, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Because here, okay, you have Sony, you have Animalogic, and now Stellar. I think they are doing something. And in Montreal, you have own animation. And anyway, but still, VFX is bigger here. And yeah. uh, so, like less 2D yes. compared to California. Yes. Yeah, but uh, but it's growing. I mean, maybe yeah, there's the there's DHX. Yeah, DHX. Mm -hmm. They are doing 2D animation, and I don't think they are doing feature film right now. They are doing mostly TV shows yeah right. i think i only know of um that my little pony feature yes. that came up before yeah and icon is doing elena and bardell they were doing dragons and how to train your dragon and turtles the tv show and also rick and morty oh my god wait they're doing rick and morty too? no it was i think it was the first season from rick and morty was done at bardell i was, oh. I was so jealous i <laughs> It would be a dream to work on Rick and Morty. <laughs> Even you though link, we should link this podcast, or we should just link this podcast to yeah. people there. <laughs> Yeah, even though I'm doing like mostly 3D, I think if I had a chance to work at Rick and Morty, I would say, hey, okay, I'm just doing 2D again. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aside from the industry, would you think, uh, would you say that there's people who, like artists who still find time to create their original contents here? Um... Well, definitely. I know that from like following my friends from Disney on Instagram, mm -hmm. I can see that they are always drawing, always creating, always doing some creative things. And at Sony, I, I don't know. I didn't, as I said, I didn't have the chance to meet so many people there. But I, from the people that I know, they always try to do something, also some drawings and keep uh, themselves busy. And I think it is important. I mean, it's like a great creativity is like a muscle. <laughs> you <laughs> You have to practice. You have to to use it. I mean, you can only do what the studios are demanding. I think it's important to go home and do your own thing. Also, it's nice. I admire that. <laughs> yeah, last year was for me like I was always trying to do some at least two or three times a week some new drawing or some new sculpture 
not on the computer because uh, since I was working like eight hours a day, the last thing that I want to do when I got home <laughs> is to to be on a computer again. So yeah. Oh, I have another question for you because I remember reading about it in one of your interviews, yes. and it's um your experience uh, as a female and also um as an international, I guess, working in the animation industry. Do you think that um goes into how you create, and do you think it um affects your experience in any way as well? Mm, sometimes, like once. I was at a studio grabbing coffee and someone introduced himself and said, oh, are you a secretary, a, produ a producer? And I said, no, I'm a 3D artist. Why can't, why can't a girl like me do something on computer? <laughs> so they, there is a misjudgment. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think um, most of the, well, I know it's slowly changing, but the majority of females going into the industry are still secretaries or producers. Yes. But yes. the figures are changing, so that's good. Yeah, right now it's changing. But for example, when I was doing the 2D, um, the classical animation bachelor degree, I was also the minority. I think for, we had 10 people and we were just two girls. And then I was working at a studio and we were 15 people doing the creative part and two ladies doing uh, was a secretary and a producer and 15 guys and it was only me and another girl and we I was all we were always minority and I, I think I got used to that but I I think it's so important to have more girls because I know so many talented girls but they don't have a chance or maybe bec just because they they require a visa that's my case also like sometimes I, I see some doors closing because I I really I need a visa and what I'm not me is to see that they uh, hire someone that is not so good but doesn't require a visa and okay what is the I know it's easier for the studios to hire people from their own country or that doesn't need a visa but it's also frustrated for me <laughs> uh, for yeah. Yeah. I think from the studio's perspective it's more about resources and capacity but it's yes. such a pity yes it is yeah I already lost some nice opportunities because of but anyway, as a girl, I have a mixed experience because, mm -hmm. okay, I was always minority, but every time there was a girl, I would always be try to befriend. And because I think uh, we have it's the girl power, you have to help each other. But I also had a problem by other girls underestimating, other, not girls, but women, like leads underestimating me because I don't know. And I had to prove that I, okay, I can do what the boys are doing. <laughs> I think in general, if you're a more traditionally more feminine uh, yeah. person, like the way you represent yourself, um, people would find it less like the way you address things or they feel like you're less confident or sure of whether you can do something and that's why people would tend to doubt you more if you're more yeah. like a lady if that much every time it's it, it, like if you're next to a room full of guys who are a lot more like yeah I can do this it would it would come off that way exactly and also I, I'm gonna make a <laughs> I don't, did you watch Zootopia 
here? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in this industry, I feel sometimes totally like Judy Hopps because <laughs> you are among a lot of talented guys and strong and, and then you were a little bunny there <laughs> and just a girl and among these guys and you have to prove that you can do just what they no, are doing. Because like I've had those problems when I first also when I first got into the industry there when I was like one of if not the only wow. and intimidating. Yes, it is. And it takes this <laughs> <laughs> but at, like at least here in Hong Kong it has been I've seen a lot more balanced racial and in, in terms of like female male um, representation and at least because I work more in the 2D side of things and it seems like most of the male tend to go to the CG yes yes side of it exactly so that's kind of interesting but it's changing I, I can see so many girls are getting more involved with 3D and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. we want to do some video games and animation or VFX and it's amazing. Um, I mean, 3D is actually very new if you compare to like this industry is still small. Everybody knows everyone. <laughs> And uh, it's still growing, and I'm sure that in the future there will be a balance. And it just takes a staying and well balancing out the figures, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There are many amazing ladies being supervisors, VFX supervisors, and uh, and they are really an inspiration. They work at ILM. They were here doing some interview and some talk, and it was so amazing. I cried. <laughs> So, you know, this amazing woman being supervisors and lead and maybe someday in the future we'll be maybe leading or doing some supervisor project. That's my new goal, <laughs> a dream. Hopefully the next time we talk. Oh my God, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. That would be like the highest moment in my career, I think. Because yeah, after, as I said, 13 years working with it and going from 2D and 3D and finally finding myself. Yeah, I think that's a new step, a new challenge also, because I don't want to always just work. But I also would like to share my experience and share some knowledge with new artists. And that would be amazing, I think. Um, yeah, my dream. <laughs> well, I think that's pretty much for today. Thank you so much for all the advice and like sharing so much about your experience. It's oh sure. Yeah, it's it's very it's very enlightening and like you've had a very interesting career path and your way of approaching animation and art is very unique as well. Thanks for tuning into this episode of SIGGRAPH Spotlight. As always, if you like the podcast, please subscribe wherever you're listening or leave us a review on iTunes if you're one of our Apple listeners. We hope to see you at SIGGRAPH 2018, August 12th through 16th in Vancouver. If you want to learn more about the SIGGRAPH Conference, ACM SIGGRAPH, or the International Resources Committee, check out the links in our show notes.